Hello, Cleveland Cavalier fans. What an evening in Cavalier country. This is the Fear the Fro podcast celebrating a victory. The Cavaliers with a 10-point win over the Orlando Magic in a game which probably should have been more than 10, but you take what you can takes and you keep it moving. Coming into the evening, the Cleveland Cavaliers sat at 11-9 and and in 8th place. We're still in 8th place, but it's a tie with the Miami Heat. So the next game on the schedule happens to be against that very team. The Heat currently hold the tiebreaker over us because they beat us soundly without Bam Adebayo and with a very quiet game from Jimmy Butler, but one in which eight of their role players contributed double-digit points and Kyle Lowry decided not to miss from outside the arc. We have a chance to avenge that in Miami coming up on Friday. And if we do that, we start to climb out of the play-in and into the solidified playoff spots. Just consider coming into the evening, the Orlando Magic were third in the Eastern Conference. They still are at 14-7, and seven, but only two games separates our Cavaliers in eighth place from the Orlando Magic, which are currently in third. So this next week, depending on the kinds of efforts we get from this Cavaliers, could completely change how we feel about this season. The uneven, halted progress and the ups and downs. Well, tonight was about as complete of an effort as you could hope for. Not with the officiating, obviously. Uh, that almost derailed a lot of the momentum which we compiled over the course of the first half. But Darius Garland would not allow this game to be lost. And the second half belonged to him. We're going to get into all the specifics, though. But first, the Open. Welcome to Fear the Fro. Shot blocked by Mobley. Holy Mobley. Donovan Mitchell is eight for All right. All right. We don't really need to do this. You know how the Open goes. I play some highlights. Then I introduce myself like a raving fucking narcissist. And then I play some clips of other people talking about how great I am. And then I come back and we get into this. So let's just cut to that part. Because the Cavaliers tonight came into this game. I think most of us, after having to wait since Saturday and still with memories of the Portland game and, and a somewhat unsatisfying victory over the Detroit Pistons. The role guys were great. All those things contributed to me being very anxious to get to the action tonight. The Cavaliers did not disappoint. Let's begin at the beginning because that's the logical way to do it. We don't read right to left unless you're some sort of idiot savant or, or Chinese, perhaps. I think they read right to left. At least that's what someone told me. But how would I know? You could tell me anything. If it's in a language that I can't understand, I guess I'm just going to have to take your word for it. Now, there's one thing that I think is universally understood amongst all cultures and all various written languages, and that is the number zero. Zero was a prominent number for the Orlando Magic tonight. Of course, zero was peppered across the box score for the Orlando Magic. First of all, let's start at a team level. Zero. For 12. That is how the Magic began the game from outside the arc. Now, that consisted of the entire first half without a three-point make and the first two shots in the third quarter. Finally... After 12 consecutive misses from outside the arc, with their 70th point coming on a three-point make by Paolo Banquero, they had a 1-for-13 beginning. Now, who was dragging them down? You may be wondering. Well, who wasn't dragging them down? Franz Wagner was 0-for-3 in the first half. Gary Harris, 0-for-3. Cole Anthony, 0-for-2. Paolo Banquero did not settle for outside looks, and he was incredible. 20 points in that first half, 
A brilliant 7-for-9 shooting performance, reminiscent of what we got out of Darius Garland in the second half, where he mirrored those exact percentages and also did it by getting to the rim again and again and again. But let's stick to the theme, which again is zero. Now, for as putrid as the Magic's shooting was as a team, they finished 2-for-23 from outside the arc, equally bad on an individual level was Franz Wagner, who began the game with 11 consecutive misses before ripping off back-to-back baskets at the end of the third quarter. Through nearly three entire quarters of action, Franz Wagner could do nothing except get a few free throws here and there. Zero. Made field goals. Zero. Success against Evan Mobley, who absolutely smothered him in a matchup between the 2021 draftees and zero regard for human life shown by our defensive juggernaut. So those clearly the two biggest zeros, but there's another zero worth acknowledging, and that is the amount of time wasted by Max Struess busting out of the gate at the beginning of this game. Now, I came in very worried. Jalen Suggs, Anthony Black, that is a huge, imposing, very physical backcourt. And we've seen teams have had success in forcing Darius into turnovers early in this season, or maybe perhaps he's just made them. But I'm not dragging Darius tonight. Tonight is Darius's night because that man accumulated zero turnovers. That's right. Perfect evening from Darius Garland. There's various forms of perfection. There's the Fear the Fro podcast. Perfect in its own way. And then there's not having any turnovers and nine assists. A Tyrese Halliburton-like stat line for our boy DG tonight. And the first time he's been able to go without recording a single turnover all season. I don't think anyone could take issue with the balance between he and Donovan Mitchell this evening. Coming out of the gate... It was a team-oriented offensive attack, one that saw us reigning triples. Max Struess bangs down three triples in the first four minutes and begins the game perfect from outside the arc. Nine points in the first quarter for our starting small forward. But it wasn't just him. It was everybody reigning triples. The Cavaliers began the game seven for nine from outside the arc, and the last of those threes came from, you guessed it, Dean Wade, the drippy one. That's right. Dean Wade and his return to the Cavaliers lineup was fantastic. The first half went from an incredible beginning from Max Struess to just dominating play from Donovan Mitchell to demoralizing buckets from the drip himself freshly back into the lineup and just when we needed him. We talk all the time about the aggression that we want Dean Wade to show. And through whatever confluence of events, whether it be the foul trouble to the bigs or the fact that the Orlando Magic threw the oldest free agent acquisition out there this summer, Joe Ingles on him, Dean Wade looked like the Midwest Michael Jordan with the level of aggression that he exerted in that first quarter. Missed his own shot, gathered his own rebound. An event we saw happen twice tonight. First, Dean Wade did it. Missed a three-pointer, gathered his own offensive rebound, and put in a basket. And then later in the same game tonight, Donovan Mitchell did that very same thing. Those are the type of hustle plays, the type of mental lapses from the Orlando Magic that were huge pivotal moments in a game that, yes, I know we won it by 10. At one point, we had, what, a 23-point lead, but still two shifts in the first half and actually checked in three times because he came in on that final possession as well. So Dean earned the trust of JB tonight and paid it back in kind.
While I think many of us would point to the officiating as the thing that prevented this Cavalier win from being even bigger, I wasn't comfortable because all those free throws meant that the clock was stopped. And any type of momentum, it was the most junked up game imaginable. But to the Cavs' credit, they just kept responding, whether it be Donovan Mitchell or whether it be Darius Garland or late in the game, we got some beautiful Evan Mobley baskets that mostly were created by Darius Garland getting wherever he wanted in the lane, but just response after response after response. Now, that brings me to the zero. Oh, sorry. Quick on the trigger there. That brings me to the next zero. And that is the respect I have for the officials tonight who good God, did they put their stamp on this game. In the second quarter alone, the Orlando Magic went to the stripe 17 times. That has happened to the Cavaliers twice this year. The Knicks did it in the fourth quarter of that game back in the beginning of November, and then the Magic did it to us tonight. My point is, it's a shitload, and 37 free throws is also a shitload. This should be zero shock to you because I've been building to this point throughout the course of this whole monologue, but 37 is more free throws than any team has taken against the Cavs. Joel Embiid, a man with zero integrity, who grifts his way to free throw after free throw after free throw, they couldn't even top the parade to the stripe that the Magic, led by two players with less than three years of NBA experience, were able to do tonight against the Cavaliers. Tip your hat to the Magic because I will say this. Don't mistake me saying that a lot of free throws means that they weren't getting legitimately fouled. They did an exceptional job at just hurling themselves at whatever was in front of them and hoping for the best outcome, similar to my approach to pleasuring a woman. Barrel ahead. Let God sort it out. Now, there's, of course, some calls that I take issue with, but we don't need to dwell on those. We came out with the victory. But consider this. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are two of the most effective bigs because they don't commit stupid fouls. Just in the run-up to this game, JB was asked about how dominant Evan has been guarding everyone across the floor in isolation. What I see with Evan is a versatility that you just don't see in many guys with his size. Um, you know, how many guys in this league at that size do you feel have an advantage if you switch him on anybody on the perimeter? Um, and right now that's kind of the way that I see Evan is Evan's going to force you to take the shot that he wants you to take, uh, not let you get to his. So um, better, I don't know, um, but elite for sure. Now, JB isn't just a Cavalier propaganda machine there because everything that he said there is backed up by the data. Entering the evening, Evan Mobley was the second most successful defender in isolation in the lead to Jalen Johnson, who is out for a bit. So he probably will end up just due to the nature of having to qualify and have enough possessions. Evan will likely overtake that stat. And he may have actually tonight because he absolutely smothered Franz Wagner and we know how poorly he shot this evening. Just so you understand, though, coming into the evening, Evan Mobley had held opponents in isolation defensively to 20% from the field. They were just four for 20. That's less than a half a point per possession. 0.46. Just tonight, Evan had another 10 shots contested. Seven inside the lane, another three three-pointers. Surprisingly, Max Struess has had to guard players in isolation quite a bit, and he's proven to be fairly successful. He's fared even better than Jared Allen in terms of points per possession, holding his opponents to .86 points per possession and 36% from the floor. 
Now, the thing that got me off on this tangent about how great they've been defending in isolation is the fact that our entire front court was foul-plagued tonight. Max Struess, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, 15 personal fouls between them and dancing on that line of fouling out at the end of the game. But fortunately, thanks to how incredible Dean Wade was, and that's kind of bringing this all back to what my point was, Dean was so necessary tonight in his first game back. Fedor tweeted before the game that he would be deployed in sparingly in minutes, and we had to turn to him for more importance than we probably needed to. And then Tristan came in, and while he might not have done much in his five minutes, he did get a pretty impressive block that will make the highlights. Let's wrap up this conversation on the officiating, because there's one more thing I wanted to discuss, and that was twice tonight, JB used reviews to overturn bad calls on Evan. First, there was a block which they called the goal 10. They reviewed it. Evan had that reversed, and he was credited the block. And then later, he was called for a foul on Mo Wagner in which he made zero contact. Zero. Now, in overturning that call, the official said, well, the contact was marginal. It is not a foul on Mobley. The contact was not marginal. It was non-existent. If that's what marginal means, well, then we need to revisit the range of things that you can call marginal. Because last year, when Joel Embiid put his shoulder through Avin Mobley and they overturned that charging call and allowed him to stay in the game against the 76ers, they said the reason was that Joel Embiid's contact was marginal. <laughs> now, remember, that contact sent Evan Mobley flying out of the frame. Meanwhile, Evan Mobley does not even ruffle a hair on Mo Wagner's arm, and they say that contact's marginal. No, one was a charge that you didn't have the heart to stand by because it would have fouled Joel Embiid out of the game, and the other was zero contact whatsoever. Don't conflate marginal there. Just own the mistake. You're, you overturned it anyway. You might as well just say, yeah, our bad. Zero. Backbone. Just say it. People respect people who can acknowledge their mistakes. Here, try it with me. Our officials fucked up. Austin Reeves did not have possession when we awarded him a timeout. See how liberating that is? Anyone with any shred of objectivity watching that in-season tournament game acknowledges that it's absolutely ridiculous that the Lakers were awarded a timeout. Now, the Suns are a team that shot 52 free throws one game. So do I feel particularly bad for them when it comes to officiating? No, I don't. Let's keep it moving. This isn't about the Lakers. This is about the Cavs. Max Struess, we have to get back to him because he, again, he was huge, perhaps the most important player in the middle of that game against the Pistons, and absolutely the guy who kicked things off tonight in a first quarter where the Cavaliers nearly doubled up the Orlando Magic and ran up a 17-point lead, one of their highest-scoring quarters of the season. And that is in large part because Max Struess knocked down all of the triples that he came out of the gate taking. Three for three. Nine of his 17 points. And again, stuffs the stat sheet. 17 points, six assists, five rebounds. This man, like clockwork, accumulates 15 points and at least four boards or four assists. And I checked because that feels like it's an everyday occurrence now. 11 times in his career, Max Struess has done at least 15, four and four. Once in 2021, once in 2022, and then nine of those he's done this season with the Cavaliers. And seven of those nine have happened in the last month. He is built up ahead of steam, and it's beautiful to see.
We've waited long enough. We're 15 minutes into this thing, and I haven't acknowledged the most encouraging development of the entire game, and that was the absolute precision and balance which we saw from our starting backcourt. Aside from perhaps Darius's turnover problems, the biggest overarching concern was consistent contributions from both guys when they've been in the lineup together. Now, the analytics have been good, sure, with both of them on the court, but there's just been a feeling that we don't necessarily get a rhythm or consistency. It's it's some of Darius and then some of Donovan. And even the games where they've played without one another. When Donovan went down for a few games, Darius really seemed to be getting into a rhythm, running the offense on his own. And at the beginning of the season, when we were missing Darius, Donovan came out of the gates absolutely on fire, even outpacing his performance from last year. Now it's waned. He's gone through a bit of a cold stretch, but tonight he was back to a dominant version of Donovan Mitchell. And Darius Garland in that second half, I think it can be evidenced by looking at the way that they scored. But our backcourt members outscored our frontcourt members in the paint. We had 26 points in the paint from Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. And Mobley and Allen only had 24 together. That is ridiculous. Especially when you consider tonight was one of our most prolific nights. Our best games from outside the arc were opening night against the Brooklyn Nets and then the Sacramento Kings game that we lost so badly. Tonight was the third best outing there, and the fact that I'm telling you our backcourt dominated at the rim, that should just go to show you how much things were clicking just across the offense as a whole. Now, I think that's the main crux of what developed tonight. Max Struess, incredible. Darius and Donovan, unbelievable. And a solid, if not spectacular, outing from our bigs. Evan Mobley's contributions were not in the box score. They were in the box score of Franz Wagner. Because what he did to him to take him out of the game, it essentially muted a 40-point outing, a career night for Paolo Banquero. A 40-point game that in the end seemed largely meaningless in determining the outcome. So to weather what he did and the free throws and to limit the turnovers for Darius, there's so much to celebrate this evening. Finally, we have to acknowledge George Yang put in an absolute absurd shot on top of making a little flopping complaint situation happen with the refs. He's a guy that you just love to have there because at the end of the game, when it was clear that it was over and Caleb Houston decided to just shove Darius in the back to the sideline, who's the first guy on the bench that popped up? George Yang. I love to see it. And again, another solid outing from him in which he crashed the glass. Our guys as a whole all rebounded pretty well. There were only two guys who failed to log an offensive rebound. One was Tristan, who only logged five minutes, and the other was a Coral. But everybody else across the roster got to the glass, and we won the offensive rebounding battle tonight as well, for what that's worth. So, much better performance in terms of limiting turnovers. Donovan got some early with Jalen Suggs, but fortunately, and I don't say this, you know, in a mean way, it's unfortunate for Jalen Suggs, but with how much pressure he was putting on Donovan early, I was relieved to see him out of the game because almost instantaneously from the point that Jalen Suggs had to leave the game with that ankle injury, even though he did come back later, that first time he checked out of the game, Donovan Mitchell exploded immediately. And Anthony Black, for all his length and promise, As a rookie, he was not ready for the challenge that Donovan brought to him. He got aggressive right away. And that was the type of thing that I don't know what the outcome would have been 
had Suggs been in there because he certainly seems to be the head of the snake for the Orlando Magic. But the guards in a game where such length was able to be thrown against the Cavaliers, I didn't think they could do anything with either one of our guards tonight. And for Mitchell to get that team in the bonus midway through the third quarter, I mean, he was matching them. Foul shot for foul shot as they continue to parade to the line. So congratulations, Cavs fans, because this stretch of five or six games here is off to a fantastic start. And who knows? Not that I'm rooting for this, but it's going to be a much easier path against the Magic if they don't have Jalen Suggs when we see them in two more games. So first up, the Miami Heat, a chance at vengeance for what was obviously one of our worst performances of the season. The Kings game... That Miami Heat game, the Portland game, those are all gigantic blemishes that I would like to see corrected, and we have an opportunity to do that thanks to how this in-season tournament consolation section uh, has played out. So, on to that. Thank you to everybody who joined me for tonight's episode of the Fear the Fro podcast. And for those of you hearing this the following morning, enjoy the day. Live it with zero regrets. Till the next time. Okay, that's enough. Stop it! This has been another Fear the Fro. It's over. Podcast. That was pathetic. If you enjoyed what you heard today, put it on the highlight reel. Please consider subscribing. Check out FroPod.com for more Cavaliers and NBA coverage. That's what's on display here.